welcome to Quilting Business Success, the podcast where we interview quilters just like you who have turned their passion for quilting into a profitable long-arm quilting business. I'm your host, Andrew Weaver, and in each episode, we'll bring you stories of quilters who had the same doubts and fears that every quilter has when they think about pursuing their quilting dreams. But these quilters moved forward anyway, despite their fears, and today, you'll hear their stories. Well, welcome everybody to our podcast. Uh, we're just starting out here. We're we're going to give um, just a, a minute or two for uh, uh, people to get uh, signed on here. We uh, we're starting out today with uh, our guest uh, Kim Hushbeck. Uh, I'm Bobby Ware. I work in uh, tech support here at Gamble, and I'm Jaden Wiley. I work in sales here at Gamble, and uh, we thank you all for for joining tonight and uh, future listeners for this episode of Quilting Business Success. And with that, I think we'll just go ahead and get started. Um, we have with us uh, Kim Hushbeck. Kim, why don't you tell us where you're located and a uh, little bit about yourself just to start out with. I live in Los Banos, California, which is the Central Valley of California. We're about an hour north of Fresno. Okay. And this and is my retirement been, job. The, how long have you been doing uh, long arming? I bought a uh, Viking 18 by 8 mega quilter, 1989, I believe it was, to do my own quilting because my quilter was going to be moving to Texas. So I started doing my own quilting. Then when I retired in 2016, my husband decided that he was going to buy me a gamble because somewhere along the line, I evidently mentioned I wanted to long arm professionally for people. I'm still trying to figure what girlfriend he was talking to at the time because I don't remember telling him that, but we went for it and you know we had the conversation that he was cheap and gambles aren't cheap. He goes, yeah, I know, I go, but they're more expensive than our Harleys or my car. He goes, yeah, I go, but you're cheap. He goes, but this is an investment so I can spend the money. Oh, I've been tax write off, got it. <laughs> so he went out and bought me my 2016 Gamble. Uh, my girlfriend had a quilt shop at that time and rented space from her. And then I, we both got very busy because she ended up buying a Gamble at the same time. And then you guys stole Carl from us, so that was pretty bad. <laughs> we were all in a panic. And then I got busy enough. I needed a second machine, but her shop didn't have room for three. So I moved to a, my own shop. So I have a brick and mortar shop here in Los Banos. And I think it'd been here about a year and my husband told me I needed another machine. And I'm going, um, I'm not gonna spend that kind of money again. He goes, oh no, I found us a used one in Idaho. Okay. <laughs> we left on a Sunday, on a Friday night from work. Um, a couple of the gals from the guild came in and kept the shop open during the weekend. We went, test drove it, it was a 2008 Optiman. Um, that had been upgraded to a Statler, had CS7 on it already. I didn't have to go out and buy a computer system. We were back from Idaho, had the machine up and running that Sunday by one o'clock. Wow. And nice. neither one of them have stopped working since. So you started out uh, in 2016, you went to, you got decided to get a gamble. Uh-huh. And, um, now, at that point, were, did you already have uh, your own business at that point? No. 
Okay. I and wasn't did, even retired yet. Okay. So did you get it at that time with the purpose of uh, doing a business, starting a yes. business? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so, my husband said if I stayed home, the house would be full of books and fabrics and I'd be a B in five days. I laughed and God told him I'd be a B in three days. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I one thing one thing that may be interesting is um, you know, what made you decide to long arm in nineteen eighty-nine, which that was early in your career, um, earlier, much earlier in your life. Uh, what was some of your original inspiration to quilt? Well, one, because my long armor that I was that I was using was going to be moving to Texas. And it's like, you know, we didn't really have anyone close to us where we lived. So it's like, well, I guess I'm going to take it up. I knew how to hand quilt because I grew up back in Indiana. So, you know, as a young girl, we all had to learn hand work. Because we weren't allowed to sit idle, even though you know we might work out on the farm, we weren't allowed to have idle hands when we came in to sit down. So we all learned how to quilt, you know, embroider, sew, crochet, knit. So you know, and I've always liked sewing. So I went, well, might as well give it a shot because I tried doing it on you know your home machines, but that's too rough on my neck because I had broken my neck in 1982. So that was too hard for me to, you know, have my neck bent like that. So I bought it off of eBay, my mega quilter, and had to kind of go, hey, honey, I spent some money. <laughs> <laughs> so when you went to the, uh, when you when you got that that first gamel, um, what was, uh, why did you, specifically, why did you go with gamel at that point? Um, we'd gone to a lot of quilt shows, and Randy's the one that always would, you know, to keep him nice and go, they're gonna have long arms, honey, so you can go test drive long arms. So he would test drive long arms and, and he goes, Well, we don't want the what like the the Viking because that's not gonna hold up to a business standard. It's like, well, that's true. He didn't really like molting because he said it had too much of a drag on the wheels. He didn't really appreciate that at all. He really liked the gamble, and that's the one he kept playing with. So you know, I'd leave him there for a couple hours and he'd be gabbing away, just stitching away. It's like, okay, keep so getting him interested and he'll get one. <laughs> Your husband was doing some stitching, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He just says it's a power tool on wheels. Yeah, he's right. <laughs> well, whenever you, you know, in 2016, you bought a gamble, you were nearing retirement, but you had you didn't have any business established yet. Nope. When you bought that long arm, knowing you wanted to use it as a business, how did you know there was enough uh, quilting to be done in your area to with up, uphold that business? Um, well, I'm in two different guilds and they're on different sides of the, the hill where we live. And, you know, we, we have to wait four to five months before we get our quilts back from our, from the long armors in our area. So it's like, well, wow, that's a while, well, yeah, that's a while to wait. I don't want to wait that long. And I'm an impatient person. Yeah. Okay. So it's like, you know, and I had kept it under wraps with one of the guild members had heard Jeanette and I talking and she, they're you know, going, are you getting a long arm? Yeah. They're going, okay, so I'm going to be your first client. I go, no, I'm going to be my first client. <laughs> I'm going to screw it up. I'm going to screw up my own quilt. Thank you. <laughs> and the guild keeps me very busy. The the guild over in San Juan in um, Hollister keeps me very busy. I have, from word of mouth, I've got them coming from out of state. So I 
once my doors opened up, they just kept coming. Yeah. So and a lot of the uh, our target audience for this podcast is, you know, people who are either looking to start a business or mm-hmm. uh, or already have. And um, so I just want to I want to dig a little more, bit more into that. When you first started, um, did you start out like right away having a lot of customers? Was it something you? Yeah, I started off probably when they heard I had a I was getting a long arm. I had 10 people already lined up before I even had it set up and running. Wow. So I, and that number just continually grew. It has continued to grow. You know, and it always cracks me up when say, well, you're a professional. You know what you're doing. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, you know, if you're involved with your guilds, um, with the quilt shops, you know, take classes at your local quilt shops. You'll make contacts, and it just goes like wildfire. So how did you come up with the funds to purchase your first machine? Did you finance it? Did you pay cash no, for it? we pay cash. Okay. That, that was the one where that your husband just, he was the one that can't, that told you that you should get a gamble. Yes. Yes, he was. It's like, you know. But you're but cheap. <laughs> you're cheap. I mean, it's like, you, you're just, you're cheap. He goes, yeah, I know. I go. The gamble's more expensive than any of the three Harleys we have in the garage. It's more expensive than my car. Because yeah, I know. I go, but you're cheap. It goes, yes, but this is an investment and we're gonna do it right. Okay. And I didn't say no at all. Hey, he was but it was, was nice he had the confidence in me to to do it. Sure. So um whenever you first bought your machine, you weren't retired yet. How much time elapsed before you retired and you were comfortable with the, your long arm business? Um, I retired probably three months after I got it, but I'd already had it set up in May at the local shop. So I was just working part time on it. Um, I actually didn't have any problems being getting comfortable with it. I like computers. And so for me, the computer was, you know, super easy to learn, it was much easier than with my viking because that was you know hand-drawn and i'm a really crappy artist <laughs> so i i re- i like having the computer aspect to it i can do i do much better work i mean for those ladies and men that can do hand guided more power to them that's not my cup of tea yeah well and i find that when in doing these uh podcasts we find that most people, there's some that do a lot of crossover, but most people have a preference for one or the other, mm-hmm. you know, either the artistic or or being able to uh, do the computerized. Um, talking about when you, you, uh, you're doing this pretty much full time now, is that? Yes. Yeah, five days a week, anywhere from eight to 10 hours a day. And that's eight. both machines running. And is that pretty much every day or yes. seven days a week? every day so do you just do edge to edge or do you do any semi-custom or custom to all of the above i do edge to edge semi-custom custom whatever the client asked me um i had one one know if i could do it with three threads it's like yeah we'll give it a shot (laughs) (laughs) would you say that there's any rough percentage on how much edge to edge you do versus custom you know, That's probably ninety percent edge to edge. Very good. And uh, and how do you uh, do? You charge by the square inch, and uh, yeah. how, 
How does that work? How do you? I do two, two cents a square inch for edge to edge. Um, if you add a border, it's two and a quarter. If it's three borders, it's two and a half. Um, custom starts, depending on how intricate it is, will start at five cents and go on up from there. Very good. And if you uh, if you had like a an average uh, queen size quilt uh, ballpark, what would you say a, that would go for? Between one twenty and one seventy. Okay. Okay. Because yeah. our our ladies in their queen size are varying in in lengths. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. You've you've been doing this long arm business, give or take about seven years. Yes. About how many quilts did you do in your worst year compared to how many quilts you did in your best year? Well, my first year was the least because it's only half a year. So it's probably about 60, 70. Now I do, you know, two to three a day. Wow. Yeah, well, I, these babies got to, you know, they got to be running or they're not making me money. That's true. So now with two machines, instead of being able to do three or 400 quilts a year, you're doing seven to 800 with two machines. Yeah, yeah I get very busy. And at your shop, do you, uh, uh, do you sell like supplies like batting? Uh, I have like batting here. I keep 80, 20 and bamboo on hand. Mm -hmm. They want anything else, then I'll order it in for them. Or a lot of them bring their own. Um, I have probably about seven ladies that only want bamboo, so I always keep a roll of bamboo. And then I have 80-20. I use Windline because I like the composition of it. Mm -hmm. Well, um, in addition to your long arming, do you provide binding or uh, piecing services for your customer base? I do binding and I do make quilts for clients from the ground up. Mm -hmm. um, I don't hand bind. It's all machine bound because I have crappy eyes. So I can't really see well enough to do hand binding anymore. What do you charge for that? And how often do you find yourself doing it? $25 an hour for binding. And I have five clients that insist I have to do it for them. <laughs> So since you've been uh you've been growing your business uh, since uh, 2016, uh, what if for the people watching, what would you what would you say would be the has been the hardest part of growing your business? Getting out there and promoting yourself. I mean, it took me a while before I started posting on Facebook and Instagram the work I was doing each week. You know, but that that's gotten easier and, you know, you get some very nice compliments. You get people wanting to know where you got your pattern from on as far as the quilting pattern goes. Um, I've made a lot more contacts with other long armors in our area. So sometimes if one of the other long armors, you know, we're discussing going, you know, I can't seem to get this to work. Since I have the two machines, it's like, you know, come down on Sunday. We'll throw on a community quilt. Show me what you're doing because we can't get it figured out over the phone. Show me what we're doing and I'll try to, you know, copy it on the other machine and we'll work it out. So that's, you know, I've got probably about five different long armors where we'll get together for having issues and jump on the two machines and bad ideas back and forth between each other. 
Well, that is that is amazing, and that really speaks to kind of the community behind long arming and, and quilting. Great. Well, we might be in competition, but we don't have to be enemies. That's I mean, right. I, there's, you know, I have one, you know, one client that wanted just all handwork and go, well, you know, I'm not the person that can do that, but here, here's my girlfriend's card. She's great at it. Give her a call. She's in Merced. It's, you know, 40 miles yeah. away. Use her. She's fantastic at it. And you started out, um, when you started out in 2016, uh, we already, the social media was already kind of in swing at that point but it's did you didn't what did you not get into that too much right at the beginning did it take no. you and has have you found that um the social media and electronic uh communication with people has that been one of your like biggest uh reaching people communicating with people or what um it helps, but mainly it's word of mouth from all my other clients. Yeah, we we hear that a lot. Yeah. Word of mouth is so powerful yeah. because you associate with people that are like like minded, so yeah. uh, they pass that on to all their quilters and, and future quilters. Well, um, you know, I have people drop quilts off at my mother in law's house because she's an hour away over the hill. So my husband picks them up since he works there, brings them to me. I have people that drop them at a couple of the local quilt shops over on the other side of the hill and you know he picks them up and brings them to me so I have three different quilt shops that clients drop off to and let me know they dropped them off and we figure out a way to get them to me and then get them back to them and do you do any um <clears throat> is any of your business or a significant portion of your business uh with uh done by shipping or any any of that yeah I ship um I have a couple clients in Nevada Arizona, Indiana, Georgia. So they're and, getting out there. Yeah, that's great. Do you think that those people largely found you through social media or was that word of mouth? No, my relatives bribe. They tell their friends, oh, my niece is doing this. Thank you very much. <laughs> I just get weird phone calls. A lot of good people in your corner then. Uh-huh. <laughs> Now, Kim, uh, you said that you originally started out with a hand-guided mega yes. quilt and that um, it was, you struggled with confidence in oh, the yeah. guided portion of it. So now with you having computerized statlers, is there a, a, a specific advantage you found in the technology from now to then that you favor the most or makes the oh, biggest yeah i like cs7 much better it's easier to work with than um six was very good yeah um, in our experience you know cs7 is uh it, it programs should always be an upgrade not a downgrade yes. yeah on no that note um what um uh, can you think of particularly what ma what makes seven better than six, would you say? Just the ease of use with it. It it just seems to respond easier than the six was doing. Gotcha. Well, I, I talk to a lot of people in tech support um that they just they just don't wanna they don't wanna change, you know, they're accustomed to using Creative Studio six or five or even four. And, um, I, you know, they, they, uh, my impression of it is they just don't like to 
they don't want to change. Oh no, uh, I like that. Yeah. The one of the one of the great things about CS7 is that um, all of the icons are very clearly labeled as yes. in past programs, you have to hover your mouse over it to see what the actual function of that icon yeah. is. So that helps you use everything and, and navigate so much better. Yes. So you find it a lot more user friendly in general. Oh, definitely. That is very good for everyone listening. Now, Kim, who would you say was your biggest cheerleader or support? My husband. Sounds like it based on your. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I, when I, people, you can tell the, I think you can tell the depth of people's relationships by how abusive they are in their language. <laughs> way, You know, me and my wife are just always, you know, picking on each other and everything. And when he said, but you're cheap, you know, that I said, yeah, they got, they got one of those. those <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. You know, he just surprised me when he did. It's like, okay. I mean, I was fantastic that he was willing to have that confidence in me and spend the money. Well, uh, and then build the shop for me here. So that that's been fantastic. The shop and everything's very yeah, supportive awesome. husband. And we see yes. that with the people we work with. So so many husbands want this for their wives, and and uh, many of you uh, become extremely successful with it. So that's a great investment. Oh yeah. Now, Kim, and there's a lot of people watching this that um, a lot of them are at the stage of they're just thinking about starting a business or whether they should start a business. Some of them are already already have a business, and they're you know they're looking for a little bit of a uh, feedback from somebody who's, you know, ahead of them in this process. And what I, I wanted to ask is, uh, what kind of impact in your life ha has it been having, number one, the money that you can make with quilting, and uh, number two, the control of your own uh, schedule? The control of my own schedule has been fantastic because, you know, working in medical, you're always pushed my patients and whatnot. So here it's not so bad. It's, I like it when clients come in and they want to get involved with their quilt. Mm -hmm. So you get the interaction of, you know, getting their input because 80% of my clients just tell me, pick the pattern and go for it. So, you know, that 20% that come in, get involved, will spend the day watching their quilt progress has really been helpful. Um, I think you need to be open to let your clients come in and participate with it. That really helps as far as making them comfortable. They go out and they start bragging to their friends. That, oh, my quilter let me hang around. You know, normally you just drop it and you go. I was like, yeah, come in, learn about it. Because you know, so many people think it's just you push a button and that's it. And it's not. So you know, interact with your clients. Sure. That's a, that's a great piece of feedback, uh, uh, getting your customer, the interaction with your customers, not just coming to the door, saying, taking your stuff, okay, goodbye. So that's, yeah. that makes it a lot more fulfilling for you. Oh, yeah. Well, and then you can find out, you know, sometimes they have a quote and you don't really know, if you don't really know their, their personality, you don't know what they, how they want it quilted. 
because I tend to use two different thread colors on my quilts. A lot of my clients have started just giving me plain backs because I don't want my quilting to be the star on the front, but they have a plain back. That's where I want them to see the quilt pattern. So, you know, when you fold it back on the bed, it's like a, a punch. So I have a lot of my clients now that'll come in and they'll start, because I have a eight foot wall that's full of threads. So they'll start pulling threads and going, what if we do this on the back and we do that? <laughs> we, uh, we had a, a comment here from Shelly. Shelly says uh, that she completely agreed that CS7 is more user-friendly due to its similarities um, with being a window-based product. Mm -hmm that she started at the same time as you did and she couldn't get out of CS6 fast enough to use CS6 <laughs> yes. from the pattern catalog and, and all of those things. So Shelly, thank you for, for joining us tonight. Plug for yeah. Studio 7. <laughs> we wish you continued success. Uh, now, Kim, what is something you wish someone would have told you when you first started quilting as a business to do it sooner <laughs> sure it's uh sounds like it's been a very fruitful uh, and enjoyable venture for you and yes. uh, probably wish you would have got ahead of that yes you could have you could have changed your career to this uh you think you could have done it sooner huh mm-hmm Well, um, so you began your journey with Gamble in 2016, and you had bought your first hand-guided machine uh, much, much further before then. What advice would you give to somebody that uh, is looking to buy a long arm or looking to buy a business, uh, start a business in 2023, and uh, do you think that it can still be done? I think it can still be done. Um, if you're interested, talk to your long armor, see if they'll rent time on the machine so you can just, so you can make sure that's what you want to do before you make an investment. Because just going to the shows, it's great. You know, you get to drive for five, 10 minutes. But if you can rent time on any long arm that you're looking at and run it, you know, three or four times to make sure it's really what you want to do. Because physically it can get a little tiring because you're on your feet quite a bit. Um, you don't want to burn yourself out. So you know, make sure you do make time for yourself. There's some times where you just need to go, I need to sit down and have a cup of coffee and just let the machines both stop and just regroup. Um, but the main thing is just make, just rent some time on the machines to make sure it's actually really what you want to do. I've had clients that I've rented time on because they think they you know well I'm gonna go out and buy one it's, it doesn't look that hard to go why don't you come here and rent this for the day and do your quilt I'll show you how to work it we'll you know start off and we'll see what you think after about two hours into it well most I think I've only had one of my clients has gone out and bought her own the rest of them says you know what we like quilting by checkbook you don't you you, you really don't get to sit down you one, you get fascinated watching it stitch, but two, you're going, oh, I didn't like what I put on it. Good, now you get to rip it out. Now, it's part of quilting. Sometimes you go, oh, that was a really bad choice. So if, 
in doing this, uh, you, you've been doing it for several years now, this business, um, you know, and just, just looking at taking a snapshot of your life right now in general, what would you say you enjoy most about, about this career that you've chosen and where, where you're at right now? Seeing the beautiful quilts that come across my frames and the client's face light up when they get them back. And they, you know, tell you, you enhance, you, that's what I, I wasn't thinking of doing that, but oh my God, you know, just the excitement they get when you hand it back to them. That can be pretty magical, can it? Yeah, it can. And um, I wanted to, I wanted to touch on just a couple of things. Um, we, we talk to people a lot about um, uh, their knowing how, how to quilt and everything. And there's a lot of people out there, especially people that are in the beginning stages that, you know, they're, they're trying to decide whether this is what they want to do, but how important do you think it is to uh, it have like, like train, whether you're training yourself, just learning in general, um, how important do you think it is to, uh, to engage in some learning uh, with oh, this? Always. Always, if you can afford to go to the classes, go to them. I mean, you even if you know you only get one or two new ideas, you're still getting new ideas. But it's the networking with other long armors, the teachers, and that you can get questions answered that you know you thought might be stupid. But when you ask it, there's other long arms going, "Hey, yeah, I'm having the same problem." So going to the classes is you know really important. I just have an issue of never making the time to do it so i do sure. a lot of video watching yeah yeah and there's a lot of videos out there i know also on uh on gamble.com there's um what's it called the uh for new owner training new owner training yes. the accelerate program all kinds of it things is. and you know utilize that yeah when you uh when you first started on the uh, statlers um did you find uh that you did, did you have to spend a lot of time uh, doing some learning on there were you did you kind of teach yourself or, or no i took classes at meisner when i bought my gamble okay okay so you know and it's stupid me the first thing i want to do was cross hatch something that's the hardest thing to match up <laughs> but i got you... really good at it <laughs> No, no I, I just kept, as long as Miser would have classes, I would go up there and take a class. I tried to do like every two months and then, you know, they weren't, your your model changed. So now I do it on video or I get together with some of the other long armors since we have the two machines and we just sit there and start coming up doing different patterns or going, you know, hey, did this pattern, did you guys buy this one? Is it giving you the same fit it's giving me with the way it's digitized out? Well, it's great that you utilized your your resources in all these different ways. Yeah, and and before we uh, start to wrap things up and move on to the the, the next thing, uh, the also in addition to the new owner training is the accelerate, which is uh, training for uh, uh, people who are in business. Yeah, you know, people who people are looking to start a long arm business. It's a new program we're offering that walks you through everything from beginning to end and what you should consider when starting a long-arm business and, and how to kind of fast track your way to success there. 
Yeah, so I just wanted to make a little plug for that. I didn't want to spend a bunch yeah. of time. Make sure. Now, Kim, we have a, another question here from Douglas, and he asks, uh, with all the work that you do, is there any business software that you find useful or use in your daily operations? I use QuickBooks. QuickBooks. <clears throat> and that's for tracking all of your input, output. Yeah, and my invoices and my accountant likes it. Well, very good. There's a lot of people we've talked to that use QuickBooks, just basic QuickBooks. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to get super fancy. Well, Kim, we uh, we thank you so much for, for joining us here tonight. You have provided a lot of great insight and, and a view into uh, your business and, and how well it has worked for you and has improved your your day-to-day -day life. Um, before we go, feel free to tell everyone your social media name where they can find you and look at your work and, and contact you uh, if they see fit. It's Kimmy Stitches, which is K-I-M-E-Y-S-S-T-I-T-C-H-E-S at Outlook.com. Mm -hmm. um, on Facebook, it's Kimmy Stitches also. Same on Instagram. And you're always free to call and ask me questions. Perfect. Okay, great. Don't be intimidated by your machines. Take your classes. Enjoy them. Excellent wisdom. <laughs> well, Kim, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's it's uh, it's been enriching to be able to talk to you. Thank, and I appreciate you sharing uh, your experience with us. Thanks for the invite. Well, you are very welcome. And to everyone watching, we will not be doing an episode of the Quilting Business Success webinar or podcast next week. So make sure to tune in for the previous week whenever we do our first one in 2024. So we hope everyone has happy holidays and we look forward to visiting with you again in two weeks. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Happy New Year. Thank you, Kim. Absolutely. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today on Quilting Business Success. We hope you've been inspired by these stories of quilters just like you who have turned their dreams into reality. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes. One of the best things you can do to support us is to write a glowing review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform you're using to listen to the show. Those reviews help bring us up in the algorithm so that more quilters are exposed to our show. What would you like to change in your life, and what steps can you take today to bring you closer to the life that you want?